0: Oh podcast, what is going on? This is Brendan with Evoke Bike. This is an inspirational post. If you listened back last year, right around this time, we had an interview with a gentleman named Lee Davis from Chattanooga who had completed the Natchez Trace 444. It actually had gotten shortened to 425, but yes, that's 425 miles in one bike ride pretty crazy. Lee is an animal and he was lining up for it again this year. And I think you could listen to just the next 30 seconds of this podcast and take something from it. He had a neck injury and he had an ankle injury. And then five weeks before this, he got COVID. So it was a summer of, we're getting back to it. Something's gone wrong. We're getting back, like, we couldn't believe what was happening. They were just such weird occurrences. Luckily, his neck was fine, nothing serious, just PT exercises. Uh, he had a very similar Achilles injury to what I had with my paratinon. We had very similar rehabs in comparing them using KT tape to help get blood flow down to that area because it's really not a lot and it takes a while to recover. This was when I had mine back in 2012. I was 40 days off the bike. I was super crushed and disappointed. I missed the entire spring. And it's when our team did the pro bat and kill. It was, yeah, you know, every everyone knows injuries mentally are just not fun to deal with. And I've, you know, kudos to my coach, Jason. He really helped me get through that. And it felt good to hear Lee say the same thing like, man, just talking to somebody about this kept me sane and had the sounding board of the question that came in an email that I'm looking at right now. I looked back to see when this was. August 30th, he said, I woke up. I finally feel like myself again. It's taken nine days to get back here. So time to get back to the routine of work and riding, but there's only five weeks till 444. What do I need to physically and mentally be ready? Is this even realistic to ride or should I just punt it and go till next year? So a a lot of things came to my mind. You know, the fact that he's done this ride, a huge portion of this ride is going to be mental capability. I have never ridden a bike this far. I think my only motivation to do so is to understand that place that people go to when they do complete a ride like this. I've done a bunch of 250s. I've done two, did I go 270? I did a 250 on gravel. I've done some long rides. I haven't ridden through the night. It doesn't really entice me, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, I kind of want to relate to this a little bit. Um, you know, he had some big milestones though this summer. Middle July, he had a 600 TSS day. Um, you know, that's half the workload, uh, about 6,500 kgs that he'll do on 444, but it's still huge nonetheless. And the thing that we had to get out of his mindset was as we went through these next five weeks, he kept being like, but last year I did this. And last year I, but my number this year was a little bit lower than last year. I said, Lee, you're not riding last year's ride. You're riding this year's ride. And these are the numbers that we're going to go after. These are the targets, which actually weren't that much lower than what he did last year. But you got to be conservative. You listen to the very first podcast I ever did with Whitney Stambro. He said, um, how did he say it? When I'm riding, you got to remember that there's still a lot of pedaling left. No matter how good you feel, there's still a lot of pedaling to go. So we talked through it. We didn't do any with, with him not having these massive rides. I mean, he was doing last year... 12 hour 14 hour you know every second or third week he had a big mega ride he would have some weekends with some like back-to-back seven hour rides we didn't have time to do that because those were you know we stopped those i want to say maybe three and a half weeks before the event just because it's such a huge ridiculous 14 hour ride um i said you know what man we got to do some back-to-back sevens if you can complete those we're going to do like Uh, I'd have to look back exactly. It was like a three and then a six and a six. Felt good. Off he went. And I just want to read a couple pieces from his reflections on that day. I, he said, I got on the bike and I was at mile two and I realized I never sent you the tracking link. And so he left at 1 p.m. I want to say. Yeah, 1 p.m. It was 87 degrees in Nashville. And so I'm going out to ride that afternoon. I'm like, damn, he must have forgotten that. I'm like, well, I'll look online. So I knew he'd be finishing around the same time the next day. He nailed the nutrition. He nailed doing little things like the ice socks. You know, they've got a follow car. He had all of his food. Not only prepared, he had diagrams of where they were going to pull off. He had the mileage marked out like he was ready to go. He had maple syrup for the last 150 miles. I will say, Lee, you're crazy. Uh, his car man in the morning gave him hot ramen noodles, which is like sounds horrible to me. But it. I mean, the salt is good. I guess maybe it was a cool evening, but when I heard hot ramen, I was like, I, I'm thinking of 87 in Nashville. It was definitely not 87 when he ate that, but it was just made me laugh when I read this. Um, and then he really hit a wall, and he said, I started to feel less than confident in my ability to finish this around 180 miles in. The first part of this ride on the Trace is the hardest part. It's, you know, you're really more trending downhill after you get past those first 100 miles. And he just really said that he had to start to chunk it out and really look towards the next mile marker. And asked himself, can I keep going? Can I keep going? And it was really... You know, he talked about not listening to music. I really wanted to concentrate on the ride. The music was becoming more of a distraction. And at some points he said, if I can ride one more mile, I'm going to ride one more mile. And if I honestly can, not then I'm going to tell myself it's okay to abandon. You know, he didn't go crazy on the caffeine. Um, He took it about three times. And he said the third time he got a little jittery. So he's like, okay, I'm good with that. Did not sleep. There's a transfer portion where like you have to hop in a car for 10 minutes to get around Jackson. So he's like, I I was able to take a 10 minute nap. And then really the, the last, one of the last pieces that he said was, given all the injuries, I really think I prepared myself the best that I could. You know, we both know I wasn't fully prepared. Going back and thinking I would definitely recommend to anyone else and to himself, riding a full 200 or 300 mile ride to prepare for something like this. This helped mentally last year and made the ride seem easier. And I agree 100%. If you're doing a huge ride, you need to do a huge ride before that. You need to just dress rehearse that a little bit. It doesn't have to be the full thing, I don't think. You need to ride longer than six hours because a lot of people don't realize when you go, at least for me, the difference between a five-hour ride and a six-hour ride is a big difference. Not only that you're gone a full hour longer, it's just like, I don't know, you leave at eight, you get home by two, you're pretty crushed. It's like all of a sudden it's 4 p.m. It's dinner time, and you're going to bed. If you have a race that's 10 hours, I think you really want to be riding at least eight. So that's coming from the man himself, Lee. He actually finished six overall. Um, pretty amazing. And... You know, he's one of those guys, he gave me kudos for planning and guidance. And I'm like, dude, you did all the peddling. You did all the work. I'm just here to help you out and to be that second, you know, that that helicopter that can see the forest when you're in there at the trees doing all the work. So, um, you know, this is, I'm going to wrap it up with that. I think that Lee is going to be turning 60. So if you're telling yourself you're too old or you didn't have the perfect training or you know some excuse that you want to just tell yourself to to cop out of trying something huge. I mean, I can't I can't believe this ride even exists. I mean, 444 miles, it is such a beast. I know there's things like Ram, there's other things, but like it is it, you know I told Chris I'm like, yeah, Lee's riding 444 miles. He's like, in one day? I was like, he's trying to? (laughs) I mean, what an inspiration to maybe try to go do Gravel Worlds. It's 150 miles. Maybe go do your first century. Maybe you found this podcast and you're just getting into cycling and you want to ride 50 miles. You should do that. I mean, I hope that I never forget when I first had a bike in Chicago... My truck 400, it was called or something, little mountain bike. Went north, went west, went south, went east. Felt like I saw so many neighborhoods I'd never seen before. I jumped on a map quest. A lot of you people don't know what map quest is. Jumped on a map quest, dotted out where I went, and I was so pumped that I went 16 miles. And I was like, that was one of the coolest things I've done in the past month. I should probably do that again. And then I would ride to the beat. You know, it all starts with something, right? So no matter where you're at, and this actually ties into the Instagram post, wherever you're at now is not where you're going. And literally wherever you're at now, if you're three years in, you are still such a baby in training. I still think I'm young in training. You know, I've been doing it way longer than three years you will always keep getting better that's the best thing about endurance sports it's the best thing it's the worst thing because when you stop you start to lose it and you have to be consistent but and it shows i mean just the way it's so awesome that he finished this he actually had decent numbers compared to the year before um but mentally it was so much more of a slog and your confidence into an event like this is huge just like any event that you do. If you go in and you are confident, you will raise better. What did Jason Hillemeyer say? You need to have a plan that you believe in. You believe in yourself. You believe in your process. You know, there's so much more to this than just your training plan. There's so much more to this than just the workout. Those workouts matter. I just did a power file analysis for a guy. And I, a power file analysis. He said, dude, you seem to be pushing this on the podcast a lot. I figured I'd do it. Um, you know, we right away notice like he's not really executing VO2 max workouts that great. Awesome. That's something to change. Optimize that you're going to get better. Like sometimes it's finding the things that you're just not doing well at. It's not that you have to improve all the numbers all the time. It's like there are things in your armor that just aren't that secure. Lock that down and you will get better. This game's not that hard. You just got to want it. You got to be able to put in some work. You need to be consistent with it. If, you know, we say it's a lifestyle, but every lifestyle has some ins and outs. And it's not like you have to be fully obsessed with it. I am, but you don't have to be. And you can make it work with your life. And I'm going to prove that. I'm going to start. I've had a request that I should be doing more. I guess it's called vlogging. Vlogging. Uh, so I vlogged a mega ride. I vlogged a hike. I'm going to start doing some more vlogs and, you know, I'm going to start taking Sundays off, I think, and do a family day. I have a bunch of athletes that do that and they really enjoy the time off and they just are like, you know what? I'd rather have a busier work day. It's important to me. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to figure it out. I'm like, let's go. The end. See ya.